the unique difference with a friendly uh, 40B is that the final decision uh, becomes that of the town council um, and uh, zoning board of appeals. So. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local mass, Franklin Mass, FM dial at 102.9. It's a Thursday, albeit warm. Last night was a Wednesday night and a town council meeting. And we've got town council chair Tom Mercer to get into our town council quarterbacking session. Good morning, Tom. Happy Thursday to you, sir. And a very happy Thursday to you, Steve, as well as to all our listeners. Uh, it is a warm one. We are definitely in a, uh, a little warm stretch here. And, uh, you know, this is the morning after a uh, rather lengthy uh, town council meeting last night. And part of the reasoning for that is over the summer, uh, in the months of July and August, we do only meet once. Uh, so the July agenda and the August agenda tend to be a little uh, lengthy just so that we're able to deal with uh, everything that we need to deal with uh, in that period, in that month, so to speak. Yeah, because respectfully, while things may be summertime, things don't slow down. There is plenty going on. Yes, there is. <laughs> and it was interesting, too, because some folks, at least on Twitter, I didn't realize until uh, until too late to really share. But while the fire chief, uh, in terms of the heat, certainly touted go to the library, go to the senior center for their open hours, there's opportunity there to be cool for those people who both can travel and be cool in those open hours. I tapped into that and said, oh, by the way, come to the town council. The municipal building is going to be open till the meeting ends. And I know it was going to be as long as it was. That would have been a little extra to say, yeah, you know, you can stay a little later. <laughs> Find out what's going on and be cool at the same time. What's wrong with that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for the listeners, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Uh, for the regulars, welcome back. And for the new ones, what we're attempting to do is certainly condense the three and a half, almost four hour session to, you know, 30 minutes or so and effectively answer two questions. Okay, what just happened? And what does it mean for us as Franklin residents and taxpayers? So with that as the background, we'll get into it. And you started off as you tend to do in terms of some recognitions and Margaret or Peg Simpson celebrated her 100th birthday. And that was a piece of recognition. Yes, yes, it was. And, uh, you know, these uh, proclamations and recognitions that uh, we try and do on a regular basis are really good things to be doing, good things for the community, good things for the individuals and the families, uh, recognizing them for, for whatever the reason. In this particular case, it was uh, Peg's 100th uh, birthday, and uh, she was a hot ticket. Uh, she is a hot ticket. Uh, so uh, I had asked uh, Councillor Hamblin to uh, read the proclamation, which she did. 
Uh, Representative Roy was there with a proclamation from the state house and from the governor. And uh, it was almost like a, a two minute uh, stand up comedy routine. <laughs> it sounds like when Jeff is next. Uh, they'll have a dance partner somewhere. <laughs> it, it, looks that way. it looks that way. But uh, very, very vibrant gal. Uh, you know, she at 100 is walking a mile a day. And, yep, yep. Uh, you know, she claims she loves her peppermint uh, patty and uh, her Budweiser. So, uh, you know, well, maybe there's something to be said for that. I already uh, kind of anyway, it was. It was it was uh, really nice to uh, have Peg there last night and to uh, recognize her and uh, celebrate her hundredth birthday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I already walk regularly and I already enjoy beer, but I haven't included as regular the peppermint patty. So I have to consider that. I mean, if it yeah. gets me to one hundred, that might be worth it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> And then you moved into the a topic we've talked about before with the Franklin Unified basketball team being selected to represent Massachusetts in the Special Olympics. And then they came back with gold. So, yeah, it was uh, this is really one of those really highlights for me anyway, uh, getting the uh, Unified basketball team, uh, Franklin High School's unified basketball team and recognizing them for their achieve them and their coaches and families for their achievement uh you know 14 states uh the first year uh that it's ever been held at the special olympics as a unified uh, basketball team and to come away with the gold is just phenomenal and uh i you know, just want to thank them, their coaches, uh, the administration, school administration, the parents, their classmates, the town for recognizing them and honoring them uh, every step of the way. I was fortunate enough to uh, be around when they returned from Florida and was at the high school. Quite a parade. <laughs> yes, it was quite a parade with the uh, uh, police and fire and uh, uh, see their faces when they got off the bus at Franklin High School coming back with their gold medals was just uh, something I'll, t I'll t keep with me forever. Uh, it was really uh, just a wonderful thing. And last night gave the council an opportunity to uh, recognize them and honor them and show them how much we appreciate and uh, congratulate them on their achievement. Indeed. Yep. And I think from the school committee midnight the uh, night before, uh, Lucas Yaguer, the new superintendent, was also touting they've got a fairly heavy schedule of recognitions. <laughs> so you at least got your piece in there and yeah. um, they're still going to be on the road for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think they uh, will be on on the local tour for a while. Yeah, which is uh, all good. And that's a good thing. Nothing that's wrong with that. No, no. Oh. They did a lot of hard work. They got there. And for many of them, they're still going to be in school this year. So they're going to have more to do. So, sure. Yes. And then you got into the appointment. So the annual piece, this is a state election year. So we've got a primary in September, a full election in November, the state 
uh, has revised the election, formalizing, you know, uh, early voting and vote by mail as a regular feature. So there's some changes in start, starting with at least the uh, election appointment, which you normally do. But now you also had a couple of resolutions that uh, the clerk will be bringing forward prior to each election that you'll have additional votes to uh, make the community aware of what's happening. Right. And, and really, it's all about uh, early voting and mail-in voting. And because of these new uh, state laws, um, we had a couple of pieces of legislation that we had to vote uh last night and we will need to vote prior to uh, every election season so and, and really it's just uh uh just one of those things that uh we need to do that uh to stipulate uh the primaries the officers involved in uh state elections and officers involved and uh the in-person early voting and the times allotted for them um so it just uh a couple more pieces of legislation that we just needed to go through as the state required. And uh, town clerk Nancy Danello was was at our meeting last night to answer the questions. There were only a couple of questions from the council. I think we uh, Jamie did a, a good job of explaining basically that this is just ratifying what the uh, state is mandating we do in regards to uh, early person, uh, early voting, mail-in voting. In election day. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think respectfully, while we've been relatively fortunate in terms of certainly with your cooperation, Jamie's cooperation, Nancy as well, we've had a variety of opportunities to spread the word, et cetera, locally here in Franklin. What the state did in addition to passing the legislation was to really enforce the legislative body to really in each community, make sure that they made that notification to help their communities become aware. These are the changes. These are the opportunities, which as we know, Voting is the one key piece that we need to do and take on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah, it's a slight additional piece, but I think for the other communities, it may be a necessary piece. Absolutely. And I, I uh, you know, anytime I get an opportunity to speak about uh, uh, elections, uh, I always like to say, folks, there's no more important election than your local elections mm -hmm. and, uh, uh it's where your voice is best heard uh and it's really uh the votes that uh you're casting are to deal with really your exist your daily existence in our community uh police fire public safety schools all of mm -hmm. these things uh so very important to get out there and vote that's my you know, jumping on my little voting your, bandwagon. Your, yeah, your bandwagon. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll step on the side of that one and I'll say I'd rather rephrase the term to be the buck starts here. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the way it is. I mean, yeah. to your point, the dollar starts here and it stays here. Um, granted, we do get federal funds. We do get state funds. I Don't diminish that by any means. We depend upon those. But to your point, we control our local dollar and that's important so then you got into a couple of presentations and discussions uh first up was the elks riders which had i believe earlier this year had done a ride and did uh or may have been just been the notification they were going to do the ride but they came to present the check to veteran services 
Uh, yes, they did. And, uh, you know, the, again, this is just your community uh, working to help uh, others within the community. In this particular case, the Elks Lodge, which does an awful lot for our veterans uh, in uh, our local as well as national, state and national. Uh, but uh, the Elks Rider uh, riders uh, do a motorcycle ride uh, annually, and uh, we're very fortunate. They came before us last night and presented the uh Veterans Aid Shannon, our veterans agent, with uh, a check for two veterans services for a thousand dollars, and uh, we can't thank them enough for what they continue to do for our veterans. And uh, you know, and I obviously take every opportunity to thank every one of our veterans for their service. And uh, this is a way of the community and uh, the Elks Riders uh, giving them an opportunity to give back to the veterans of our community. So thank you so much to the Elks for their continued support of our veteran services. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then next up was a discussion on uh, clearly there had been an RFI request for information uh, on the South Meeting House. Um, and the EDC reviewed it, came with a recommendation that the town should proceed with an RFP request for proposal. So you discussed and are in the process now of uh, giving the direction to the town so that they'll prepare the final paperwork, which will still come before you before it goes out to uh, public to get, you know, ultimately a final determination for how the the building itself will be used going forward and hopefully bringing some tax revenue and still maintaining the historic nature of its position. Exactly. You know, it is a historical uh, piece of property that uh, the town does own. And it's something that, uh, you know, the building has been there for a long time. It used to house our museum back in the eighties, nineties, uh, and obviously was a church prior to that. And uh, the Franklin Federated Church was actually the owner of the building. And then it was deeded over to the town uh, because, it, you know, the, they didn't need it anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, we used it for the museum for a while, but uh, it really there hasn't been anything in there in over 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and the building has obviously been deteriorating over this time. Uh, we've tried on many occasions to uh, uh, look at what it would cost the uh, community to uh, rehab it. And is it something that we should be looking at? There are a multitude of uh, issues with the building. Uh, the first being uh, there's very little parking. Uh, there's a pump house, a town pump house that's on the uh, piece of property. Mm -hmm. Town to bring uh, the building up to uh code with um to be used as a municipal 
whether it be a meeting house, whether uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Astronomical. Uh, part of the problem with the town doing it, uh, you have to pay prevailing wage. So, you know, versus a, a private versus a, a, a municipality, you know, you're looking at 35, 35% increase just in labor and costs uh, uh, as you move forward. Mm -hmm. and we did have a, we did hire an architect uh, a while back to take a look and see what those costs are. And they came back and it was, it just didn't make physical sense for the town to uh, spend that kind of money on that building. Mm -hmm. It does have historical value. We all don't want to lose that historical piece. Uh, when we sent out the RFI a few months ago, it was, you know, uh, we all agreed to send it out, and I was, I sat there. Uh, I go by it at least twice a day, every day, <laughs> right near my house. Right. So uh, it's near and dear to my heart. But uh, I was wasn't sure, and really wasn't anticipating that we would get much response from the RFI. When, in fact, we did get uh, a, a church out of Providence that uh, had some interest and then Habitat for Humanity uh, came in with a proposal. Uh, it gave me some hope. And mm. certainly uh, this is the first step in or the second step in proceeding uh, along these lines. We sent it, uh, had it go through the EDC committee and the EDC committee came back with a recommendation to the council that the, their feeling was the best use for this piece of property would be uh, of a residence type. Uh, so last night we talked about it and there were a couple of differing, differing opinions as to uh, what whether it should be limited there uh but because of parking because of the uh neighborhood because of the pump house uh many different things it was a consensus of the council that uh we looked to put an rfp together obviously with historical restrictions uh, uh in the covenant and that would be in the deed that would not allow the facade the outside facade of the building to change at all and uh so we would keep that historic look to the building uh so we're in the process now of the next phase it's been through edc uh we've talked about it at the council level so now we'll uh, put together an RFP and go out. Uh, the people from Habitat for Humanity were at our meeting last night and were able to answer some of the questions of the council mm -hmm. as to uh, their approach to the uh, property. So um, I think it's a good thing. And I think, uh, knock on wood, uh, we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, more to come. And uh We've talked before, um, certainly this is the next step in the process. There'll be more discussion as we go forward, but I think to the extent that potentially that you know, once with the RFP comes out, we can formalize whether it's Habitat Humanity or somebody to come in to do an affordable housing, um, put something back on the tax revenues, 
and maintain the historic, then that's a win for us. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. Love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. More to come. Yep, more to come. And then in the legislation for action, a bunch of things, Chloe, we've already talked about the donations and some of the town clerk actions, but one of the other key pieces we can discuss here is the tax increment financing proposal for Plan Z company located in the industrial park. Yes, uh, and um, this is a, uh, is a piece of legislation and it's called, it's called a TIF, uh, and the you know the acronym is for tax increment financing, and it's an opportunity for the community or the town to work with uh, business with a business and helping them along with the state. Uh, there's really three partners in in these program in this TIF program where. Uh, there are ta- there's a tax break given to a uh, business looking to expand, uh, looking to bring in new employees. In this particular case, Plan Z is looking to uh, renovate, expand the building, put a training uh, facility uh, into uh, the uh, property in Forge Park. So. It's really uh, a, it's really a good thing. And what what happens is, depending upon how the plan's put together, and this is just the very I said Forge Park Constitution Boulevard. Sorry, uh, but it's it's an opportunity where they we look out. You know, it can be, and it's a negotiated piece, whether it be five years, eight years, 10 years, uh, we look out and they, it's a tax break where they get to it or appear over a period of time, they get to that final tax bill. You get a percentage each year, whatever that percentage is agreed upon during negotiations. So uh, this is a, a great company that's uh, been in town for 17, uh, I think 17 years is what I heard uh, last night, uh, looking to expand, looking to put a little more of their world headquarters coming through. Uh, this, it's, uh, it's a worldwide company and uh, uh, it's it's one we have three currently we have three TIFs uh, currently in existence in different stages. I think most of them are eight to ten year plans, and some are in for fours. Some have been in for six, uh, but uh, uh, this one is. You know, in, in obviously in the beginning stages, and uh, we voted last night to uh, uh, continue with this uh, TIF program, and they will now, our administrative team will now negotiate with uh, Plan Z uh, USA to uh, get this TIF, and, and then it will come back to the council once again for yeah, it's a good thing to the extent that, and for the record, I believe it's uh, Hamilton Technologies, uh, Tegra Medical, and Cold Chain, which certainly was in the news with the virus uh, because they were delivering the vaccines with their cold packs um, <laughs> around the world. They 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 maintained a, a, a bit of a publicity around that piece. Um, those are the three existing ones. They're all good stories. This hopefully will be another good story to, to tout as we go. 
Absolutely. 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 And it's just uh, another case where, you know, I think uh, one of the counselors last night, and in fact, I think uh, it was Councillor Jones that uh, uh, remarked about uh, our town seal, which sits behind me in Mm -hmm. the uh, council chambers uh, that says industry need not wish. And these are the kinds of things that we uh, look at to uh, uh, bring industry and work with industries within our community. This is just a a really good thing. And I'm really excited that uh, they're looking to expand and bring more jobs into our community. Yeah. And then one of our other frequent topics, uh, the Davis Thayer School, which the school committee had discontinued determined surplus. They've handed it back to the town. You've started the formal deed process uh, to take ownership and then effectively at some point determine what we're going to use it for. (laughs) Yes. uh, uh, Again, this has been an ongoing uh, process for a while. Uh, You know, many people have uh, asked many questions about Davis there. Where is it going? What are we going to use it? What are we going to use it for? Uh, The school committee determined that it was uh, no longer needed as a school facility. Therefore, by law, they are required to declare it surplus when that is the case. And then the council needs to vote to accept it back into uh, ownership of the council. And by doing that, we have, it really becomes a deed situation that gets recorded. And you have to uh, assign a use. And we use the broad word of municipal use just to put it in place. You know, whatever we decide to do with it, we can always adjust that. Mm -hmm. But we had to accept it. And in order to accept it, you have to have uh, a determination as to what you might do with it. So we put municipal use, which kind of is a broad term uh, that gives us much leeway. Um, But that's not to say that if we came up with a different use, that we couldn't come but go back and put a new resolution together and adjust it to that mm-hmm. uh, new use. So uh, this is just the next step in uh, the Davis there refurbishing and re uh, reuse repurposing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, more to come. Um, and I would believe over, you know, in the next few months, uh, there will be more discussion at the council level as to uh, uh, what are the different options that we might be looking at uh, for that facility. Mm-hmm. And a quick side plug to the listeners, whether the new or the regulars, um, this is another opportunity to have your input. So at whatever committee or our group uh, is going to be seeking the feedback as to that future use, you know, stay tuned. We'll certainly share the info and then you'll be able to say, hey, I'd like to. And then obviously that'll get put into the mixer and we'll determine how to go forward with that. So put that plug in there while we can. Yeah. And then in the town administrator update, um, which was a little bit different because his last couple, as I recall, he effectively said nothing to add. <laughs> he, he had a couple of key pieces here. Um, one, he's bringing the town is bringing forward a friendly 40B application process. Um, so this is, again, 
the start. Uh, the doc was in the minutes or in the meeting agenda. We'll share it accordingly. And you'll come back at some point in time uh, for a vote on this to actually approve the process. And then that'll set you up, as I understand it, um, for such time when we do have a friendly 40B. The council will be now part of that approval process along with ZBA, which would be added um, formally because they may or may not be applicable depending upon the uh, uh, project proposed. Um, in addition to the planning board, which certainly maintains their planning you know, guidance and approvals process, et cetera. Absolutely. And really, the the unique difference with a friendly uh, 40B is that the final decision uh, becomes that of the town council um, and uh, zoning board of appeals. So um, what, what our administrative team and our planning office has done is put together a process because uh, people have contractors, uh, landowners have come in and asked, uh, you know, how do I go about a 40B? And there really wasn't a laid out process as to what they need to do in order to present a friendly 40B to the community. And what the administrative team is, has done here is kind of laid out a process. So it's very simple and it would be uh, a case where they could come into uh, the planning office, uh, the building inspection office and ask for an application. And the whole process is laid out as to what they need to do at what point. And, uh, as we both alluded to, uh, it does become, uh, uh, the final vote becomes that of the town council uh, and the zoning board of appeals. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the, Jamie alluded that he was not quite ready to release his fiscal five-year forecast, um, but touted that it doesn't look so good given some of the inflation things that we're starting to see. Uh, without question, uh, you know, we're, we uh, certainly in my seat, I'm uh, very worried uh, as I look out uh, for the next three to five years, as obviously Jamie alluded to last night, um, uh, the fiscal forecast is, you know, we're okay this year, we're probably going to be close, but uh, okay next year. 2024 is not, <laughs> is one that's very concerning with uh, changes to Chapter 70 money. You know, fortunately, uh, this year there was a little kick, uh, last minute kick in for Chapter 70 money. Yep. So, um, you know, obviously that was of great help. But uh, the next three to five years, uh, is going to be a challenge for the community uh, as a whole. So uh, all we can do is kind of look out at the forecast. Uh, Jamie alluded last night, there may be projects that we uh, have out there that uh, may or may not get started because of the cost. Uh, you know, we gave an example of one last night that we went, uh, we went out to bid and it was, uh, 200,000, uh, we budgeted $200,000. We had done a lot of work and everybody had agreed that was a good number. Mm -hmm. uh, we go out to bid and the bid comes back at $400,000. Well, 
well, you know, it's not rocket science to say, mm, well, I'm not sure we can really do that project right. uh, uh, at this juncture. So uh, we may be seeing more of that as we move forward uh, into these fiscally trying times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other big one certainly it will be. Uh, and I think it'll be a little bit safer because of some of the state funding uh, tax, not tax, but uh, interest funding with the uh, Beaver Street Interceptor. But clearly that had already gone from, what, 25 to 30 plus. Um, there's potential before it puts in the ground, before that starts going up a little bit more, too. Exactly. Uh, and that went up to 30 before uh, yes. uh, all of this uh, mm-hmm last uh recent inflation right. uh, numbers have been released so yeah. so it's going to be a difficult time it's going to be a trying time and all we can ask is the community understand the issues that we're dealing with and if you have questions please call us yeah. uh, uh, that's what we're there for we are your representatives so Please call us with any questions. We'll do our best. If we don't know the answer, we will do our best to get you those answers and respond to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in some cases, at least a time frame for when the answer might be available. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you did break for an executive session and return uh, to formally approve six contracts on the town side. Um, so at least from a contract perspective, starting out the fiscal year, uh, we're in good state. Yes. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, and six of the seven uh, municipal uh, unions that we uh, negotiate with, we settled last night. And it was just really a timing issue on the last one. So, uh, but we wanted to get uh, get those started. So, um, we voted uh, to approve those contracts. Uh, they all become public records, so they're they're available at some juncture when they get written and put out when they get mm-hmm. put up onto the uh, website. But they are public record uh, as of last night, as of the vote. So uh, I think I'm hopeful that the last one will be before us. Uh, hopefully at the our August meeting, and uh, that will put all of those to bed. Indeed, indeed. And since we've got just the one month as the one meeting this month, as we mentioned, uh, there's only one in August, so <laughs> it'll be a bit. We we won't talk right away, but that's okay. I mean, we, yeah. there's other things to do in the summer besides talking about town council meetings. So <laughs> this is true. This yeah. is true. Stay cool in the meantime. I thank you for the opportunity to for the listeners to hear from, you know, the horse's mouth, so to speak. Oh, you're certainly not the horse. You're the council chair. So. <laughs> but it's a- well, I, I appreciate the opportunity, Steve. I do look forward to these uh, quarterbacking sessions because I do, I do believe, as as you do, that uh, they do provide an option to uh, our residents as to not having to sit through a four four hour meeting and uh, kind of get a recap as to uh, uh, what went on the night before. And, you know, if anybody's looking for very specifics, you're very forthcoming. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and there's the opportunity for them to go back and listen. So 
Yep. And Franklin TV is also now sharing the recording via YouTube, uh, which is already available. So they can certainly tap in and then having the notes, they can fast forward if they choose two specific sections of the meeting and just, you know, kind of cut through that as well. So lots of good opportunities. And again, thank you for that. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. And we do this as a quick reminder because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.